Hello and welcome to the Cinema Australia podcast. My name is Matthew Eels. Well, to say the recording of this podcast episode was a bit of fun would be an understatement. It's not every day you get to shoot the breeze with an actor of Richard Roxburgh's calibre. That was the case for me while I was attending Cinefest Oz Film Festival in Bustleton, Western Australia, which Richard was also attending as the jury chair, responsible alongside other jury members for awarding the festival's $100,000 film prize for Best Film. I'd spoken to Richard during an opening night red carpet interview, and we also shared a bit of banter at one of one or two after parties, but I really wasn't expecting to get Richard on an episode of the Cinema Australia podcast while I was at the festival. On the Thursday morning, I received a phone call saying that Richard was at my hotel and available for a half-hour interview. Of course, I jumped at the opportunity, even though I was totally unprepared as far as questions go. Regardless, I managed to get quite a lot out of Richard uh, during our interview. We discussed topics from his early beginnings as an actor, working with the likes of Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible 2, his adoration for Baz Luhrmann, his desire to work with Warwick Thornton, his latest role in the Stan series Barley 2002, and whether he will ever direct again following his experiences on Romulus My Father. Do I really need to introduce Richard here? Probably not, but it's worth mentioning that Richard is one of Australia's busiest and most respected actors, having graced our screens in television shows like Blue Murder, Hawk, and of course Rake, which I know is a huge favourite of everyone's, uh, and in films like Oscar and Lucinda, Mission Impossible 2, Moulin Rouge, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Van Helsing, Looking for Grace, Hacksaw Ridge, and H is for Happiness. Uh, It's worth mentioning that this interview was recorded in a pub. The venue was open to the public and there was a lot of activity happening in the background uh, with Cinefestos events, uh, coffee being poured and drinks being served. So please excuse the background noise. Anyway, enjoy. Um, Richard, thank you very much for joining the Cinema Australia podcast. Uh, As I said to you before, this one's a bit different for us because usually I'm in a studio and uh, we go into a real deep dive into a filmmaker's career or an actor's career. Um, But this one's recorded at Cinefest Oz in Western Australia. Um, Thanks for joining us. Absolute pleasure. Um, So you've been acting for many years, you know, you've done uh, stage, screen, uh, big screen, television. I'm curious to know where your acting journey began. Um, it, I, I, I guess the, the, the bug kind of hit me weirdly at high school because I was a terrible student. Mm. I, was a, I, was a, I was the youngest of six who were all really great students, all my brothers and sisters. <laughs> and I was this <coughs> bit of a nightmare um, for my parents. Nobody knew what to do with me. I didn't have the same kind of um, spectrum of interests as all of my brothers and sisters or anybody else. Mm. And so, but in, at high school, Weirdly, um, my school did a production of, <laughs> of uh, Death of a Salesman, mm. which is a very deep, deep and complex play for yeah. a high school to do. And I played Willie, and for the first time in my life, I devoted myself autonomously to something that I felt so thrilled about. Yeah. It just thrilled me. And then I went off to university to do a degree. It was a time during the Whitlam era when people could just go to university and find what they were interested in. So yeah. it was great. Mm. And I just kind of gravitated to theatre and took theatre that's just sort of commandeered the university theatre company yes, and, yeah. and made it my own. 
happened. Um, and it, the love really just didn't leave me from mm. then. Mm. I just loved it. Yeah. You just mentioned the thrill then. What, what was that particular thrill? What was it about acting? Okay, it was, it, I, I can, it was a discernible moment when, because, you know, you get up, I'm, I'm a 16-year-old playing Willie Loman, who's yeah. a, you know, it's a 60-something retiring salesman at the end of his journey in, in New York in the 1950s, and you sort of think, ah, how's that going to be? I, there was a moment where I just, that I just, I was hurling a chair across the stage at my sons mm. and cursing them. Yes, yeah. And I felt it. Mm. Mm. Were you an imaginative child when you were growing up? Yeah, I was. Mm. I mean, I was always creating stuff. I was yeah. always on the go, mm. you know, um, you know, uh, quite sort of artistically driven. So I've always drawn pictures and stupid cartoons and things <laughs> and... and painting um so there was a lot of that mm. that again for my family was kind of although my mother was you know she was a very creative person and mm. encouraged it but they who knew what to do with that yeah, yeah. In, mm. at that time mm. i love to hear that that a parent was uh you know uh, was happy for you to do that and encouraging yeah That's oh important. she totally was she was quite amazing in that way mm. but again you know she was you know, she's a very determined mother who'd put five kids through tertiary education from mm. the Hume Highway in Albury Wodonga. Mm. So, um, so for me to then, I guess there was a lot of fear at that time mm. that you might not prevail in an artistic endeavour in yes. life mm. uh, because it's precarious. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, once I kind of settled into it, I, you know, I got into NIDA. And, yes. and so then it was like, oh God, well, maybe he could make a... Mm, mm. an actual life out of this. Yeah. Who did you go to NIDA with? Is, was there anyone of note? Look, a lot of my year, um, we had quite a difficult time at NIDA. Right, right. <laughs> um, Why is that? Were you being as rebellious as you were at we, school? We were, rebe we were a rebellious year, yeah. yes. There, yeah. was a, uh, there was a sense that we need, things needed shaking up. There was no yeah. student representation. There was no uh, student union at NIDA. Yes, yeah. Which had meant over time that there was systemic issues yeah. that we identified that were very troubling really mm. so we tried to uh, sort that out mm. Mm. and we got our fingers burned it was a very politicized highly charged time that was very painful and a lot of my year quit right. basically right. the day that night finished really yeah oh wow so um there's some really wonderful actors in my year doris Yunane's a wonderful actor and jeanette cronin and and some terrific people, but a lot of my year didn't mm. Um, mm. didn't move on from there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you earned the right to be working with uh, you know great actors like Tom Cruise and Sean Connery. You know your your level of acting, re you really deserve that. Um, uh, um, did you ever aspire to work with actors of that caliber? I, th when I was going through. Neither. I mean, it was really theatre for me. It was, I, I, I suppose I thought I would be incredibly happy to, to be making theatre, probably to be creating theatre as well um, in my life. And that's where I thought all of my energy would go. Um, so the, the, the gradual sort of shift into film and television was interesting for me. Um, and I, 
I, I loved it and mm. I still love that. Mm. I like mm. the variation yes. that's possible mm. in mm. what we do. Yeah. That's a part of the thing that I find incredibly stimulating. Mm. Mm. Fantastic. Hey, yeah, speaking of Tom Cruise, I did a bit of a deep dive last night on YouTube and I found a video called Mission Impossible 2, the Richard Roxburgh cut. Have you seen that? Have you, do you know about it? <laughs> no, so I have not. basically someone has just edited all of your scenes from Mission Impossible 2 and put it together. Obviously <laughs> someone who admires you a lot and it's all back to a David Bowie soundtrack and it's terrific actually. You should check it out. I should check that out. No, I have not seen that. Uh, I, must, I must tune in. Um, you've got this incredible body of work that goes all the way back to the 80s. Uh, are you someone who looks back on their work and you know sits down to, to watch things that you've that you've acted in? Never. 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 Mm. I never watch um, anything I've done. Yeah. Uh, Why? It, Why's that? Because I feel that I have, in a sense, nothing to to gain from it. Mm. Mm. Um, Often you'll have to watch something at a sort of premiere screening yes. or whatever. Mm. So I, I will do that, but I'm certainly not going out of my way to watch a lot of the television work that I've done I haven't seen. Yeah. Because honestly, as an actor, the, the day that you walk off set, your, your work is done. Yes. Yeah. Everything that you wanted and could possibly bring to that exercise, mm. to that story, is done. Yes. Anything beyond that for me is an exercise in sort of either ego massaging or self-terrorisation, neither of which I want to, mm, <laughs> to mm. get into. Yes. You're hypercritical as a, you know, you're so hypercritical, I couldn't bear it. Yes, right, right. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> Um, that's interesting because as an audience, you know, we continuously look back on, on actors' work and watch these things over and over again. So I'm always interested to learn that actors find it very hard to, to re-watch their work. And I don't think you can, you just can't sit out of it. Mm. Um, well, it's very rarely that you can sit out of it and just get, uh, dis, you know, dissolve into the story. Mm. And if I watch a film or, or television work, that's what I want to do. Yes. So to not be able to, because you're constantly being alarmed or kind of ambushed yeah. by the fact that it's you mm. and your choices that you made or what, what you did or um, in that moment. Yeah. It's an oddity that, I, that doesn't appeal to me. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I mentioned then that uh, your acting work goes all the way back to the 80s. How much has the local Australian film industry changed in that time? Oh, look, it's changed enormously. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's had this beautiful growth um, and it's really flourished. I think we have a lot of interne international recognition now. I mean, I think Australian um, crews and uh, cast are, in, are, you know, obviously internationally recognised now, which, mm. is a, which is a great thing. It's, it's a sort of proper industry now that I think people understand. Um, Although sometimes when you look at, at the, the way that we're treated by government, um, and especially I think during the COVID era, yeah. um, it can be very disheartening. Um, but I think on the whole, it's, it's an extraordinary industry as well. The other thing that I, I, I'm so um, thrilled about and excited about is the fact that vo voices that have for sort of years, so many years, been not recognised and not allowed the space to express themselves 
are finally being able to do that. So you know, the the, the, the indigenous voices and the, and and um, you know, filmmaking by by the kind of polyglot of mm. of humanity that that represents this country. Yes. That's a that's a very special thing too. Yeah, great answer, great answer. Um, so yeah, this yeah. publication is Cinema Australia. We cover Australian films only. Uh, is there a particular director that you would like to work with at one time? Is there anyone that you've that you've dreamed of working with? Oh, look, I love the work of Warwick Thornton and Ivan Sen. I think they're both just kind of masters. Yeah. Um, so, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd love to, to have the opportunity to work with either one of those, yes. those people. I mean, I think there's, you know, I think there are really... There's a lot of wonderful, wonderful directorial talent now. And David Michaud is a yeah. wonderful director. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Mira Fuchs is a really, really fascinating director as well and mm. so yeah there's there's a lot but you know there's people like Jess Hobbs who's you know who's now kind of show running essentially yes. the crown in, yeah. in the UK who's mm. who's the director who I, who I have worked with but is finally getting she's finally getting the recognition she deserves yes yeah um, the great answer. I'm a big Warwick Thornton fan and Ivan Sen. Uh, they're terrific filmmakers. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a bit about your relationship with Baz Luhrmann? Because you've worked with him a few times now. Is he? He's. Uh, I kind of feel like he's uh, like our Woody Allen or Martin Scorsese, where actors would just drop everything to work with him. Is that the case? Uh, would you do that with with um, with Baz? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, look, Baz films are crazy mystical marvelous kind of showbiz wonderlands of things and they're very specific as we know they're a very specific sort of they have a very specific tonality yes and you either embark with that or you don't to work with him as an actor mm. is just so great yeah because he's all energy he's extremely collaborative you would feel that for a director with as strong a sort of vision about, um, especially about tone, yes. as as he has, that he might be it might be very prescriptive. But in fact, the opposite applies. If you come to Baz with any idea, he'll mm. go, "I love it. Yes, I love it. I yeah. see it. <laughs> I love it. We'll do. Yeah, we'll take that. Rocks. That's a great, great. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's forever exciting. Um, yeah. And nobody I know, <laughs> he'll get a team of six hundred extras. Yeah. And he'll he'll give them names, so he'll go around. Like the energy of the man is just it's, it's astonishing, and yeah. you have to you have to admire it. Yeah. So yes, I would I would drop anything to it. I'm gonna, you know, doing the Elvis movie. I got a phone call from Baz in a pandemic, mm. <laughs> saying, "Rocks, Elvis is dad. <laughs> would you come and do it? Um, he's what I think his words were. He's the most opaque character." I've ever encountered in wow. my entire life. Yeah. And I was like, when, when you use the word opaque, what, what are we saying? And he said, yeah, nobody really is a mystery. And I was like, okay. Um, so there's this person who, you know, this character of Vernon, who doesn't really say very much at all, who's mm. just kind of full of shame and cowed into silence. But yes, I'll go and do that with you. Yes, yeah. Um, because it'll be, you know, it, it will always be exciting. Yes. Yeah. The process will be exciting. Yeah. And I have heard that from a lot of other actors as well, that he's a real uh, actor's director, right from, you know, the extras to, you know, someone of your calibre. Um, you all seem to say the same thing about Baz, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So uh, this is your first time at Cinefest Oz. I guess we, you know, we are here for Cinefest Oz, so we should talk about it. You've got a huge responsibility here. Uh, you're the jury chair, and alongside the jury, you're awarding the $100,000 film prize. That's a massive prize. And you mentioned last night uh, in your speech and during our interview on the red carpet that COVID and the pandemic has had you know, such an impact on the arts community. Um, so what, you know, tell us about uh, awarding this $100,000 film prize and, and what it could potentially mean for the winner. It means a lot. I mean, it, it's actually quite a, quite a profound moment in a way. I'm finding this time really quite special. Mm because COVID was hard on this industry. Mm. COVID was hard on everybody, Yes, let's face it. Yeah. And we know that. Mm. Mm. There's something about the telling of stories and the, I guess, look, my, my sort of feeling about the way that the artistic community and, and entertain, entertainers, entertainment sector were, were treated mm. in the pandemic that kind of got up my nose a bit. Mm. Mm. Tell us about that. I think, um, look, we had a Prime Minister who just basically couldn't say the word, mm, mm. actors, performers, yeah. artists, yes. musicians, mm. who essentially just didn't give a rat's ass. Yeah. Mm. I mean, certainly wasn't hurrying to take over that portfolio. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> you yeah. know, you wanted all the other ones. <laughs> yes, <laughs> We're here true. too, don't you want us? <laughs> didn't he merge it with the, with the roads or Probably, something? Probably, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, transportation and yes. actors. Yeah. Um, Look, I just felt, you know, obviously there was, there was no energy, there's no agency in, those, in, in, in that administration to foster and um, be excited and take as an ally this industry that is such a sort of commanding presence in, the, in, okay, in economic terms, in terms of GDP. Mm, mm. Like, we were filming the Elvis movie in a pandemic mm. That was two and a half thousand people employed at all times yeah. on the Gold Coast. Mm. Nothing else was open. Yeah. Everything was shut. Yeah. That was a huge, huge boost mm. to the Queensland economy and kind of helped to, to keep it afloat. Mm. And the recognition of that was, well, I love, especially in WA, like the energy that mm. the, the, the state government has here um, towards, um, you know, fostering the, the this industry is it's brilliant. Yeah, I did four films here pre-COVID mm. in in sort of consecutive years, and there was no work over in New South Wales. There's nothing mm. going on, mm. and I, I I don't understand it because mm. it's a, it's a great and beautiful industry. The telling of stories mm. about your own stuff, your yeah. own people, your own experience, mm. and we're nowhere without it. And I guess it's the lack of appreciation of it yes, that yeah. got up my nose. Mm, I thought, mm. fuck this. Yes, I thought, fuck this, mate. Yeah. Um, it's an extremely important industry. You know, I had friends who have since been driving Ubers, mm, you know, mm. who were great actors. Yeah. Um, so it's tough, mm, mm. as it was on everybody. Mm. But, um, and so that's, in a nutshell, why this moment in time here at in, at uh, Cinefest is so profound really, yes. and beautiful, mm. this celebratory feeling. Mm, mm. Yeah, and it is a big prize, $100,000. It's an extraordinary amount of money. <laughs> it's a huge thing. And for, you know, a young filmmaking team, mm. it, can, it, can make, uh, it, can, it can make a huge difference, not only financially, but also in terms of just the kind of 
I guess the 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 the, the wind in your wings, mm. you know, mm. the sense that, wow, mm. that's really, um, you know, I'm I'm prospering, I'm prospering, I'm telling stories that people really want to hear. Yes, that's mm. a, that's you know, it's just a, it's a great boost mm. for for some. Yeah, for a team. I've got uh, two more questions here for you. You've got uh, Bali 2002 coming out next. What, what can you tell us about that and your role in that one? Look, it was a really. I mean, it's obviously extremely troubling and heartbreaking time in people's lives. I think the focus of this story is on the very thing that it that that an event like that brings out in people, which is a lot of the time the very best that humanity has to offer, mm. which is the interesting paradox in, in, the, in the, the matter of attempting to unseat or um, shatter, uh, you know, a, a, a sort of um, a, a political or religious enterprise. You, you know, so, so you attempt to dismantle... Mm. Uh, a civilization by bombing, by by terrorizing mm, them, mm. and in fact, the 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 polar opposite happens. Yes. That it brings out the most beautiful things mm, in mm. in those people. It brings out the very best, and I think that's what this project is dealing with: uh, the matter of survival mm, mm. Um, and all of the things that attend it. And there's, you know, there's. I mean, I play Graham Ashton, who was who was the head of the AFP operation and um, so there's a kind of fascinating um, element of that as well because a lot of the technology that they were using to try and um, find the perpetrators was was brand new at the time was yeah. they, they were experimenting with stuff and mm. and they had some incredible and very fast results with it so there's a there's a few things few things at play in the series but it it takes it very seriously, yeah, and good. also its impact on on that that poor island. Mm, mm. Um, I've got one more question here, and uh, I've, so I did interview you for Go, and I'm sure I will interview you a few more times, you know, going forward, hopefully. Um, and there's one question that I'm going to keep asking you in every interview going <laughs> forward. I'm a huge fan of Romulus, my father. I'd love to see you direct again. Is there anything on the cards? Is, is it something that you'd like to do again? I remember the first time I asked you that question, you said it did take quite a toll on you uh, directing that film. Uh, have, have you had a change of heart? Is it something you'd like to do? Look, I think it, it, it is something I'd like to do. I think the material that I would be working with would have to be, it, it'd have to be very specific. I was actually attached to a project, mm. to a film that I absolutely loved i loved it but over time i was attached for quite a long time and over to, to to direct and over time i started to be troubled by the the darkness of the material mm. and I, I i and so i thought i had to I had to leave it. Mm, I had I'm to leave the project. Very curious to know what the material was. <laughs> I'll tell you off air. Okay. <laughs> um, but it was, it was, it's just that I think, you know, you live inside something for so long yeah. when you're directing. Mm -hmm. You're mm -hmm. right in, you're in it. You're stuck in it. Yeah. And if it's, if the, if the material, if the story has 
um, is steeped in a lot of darkness, I don't really want to be there. I don't want to mm. be there for the people that I love around me. Yes. I don't want to be. I don't want to be there personally. Mm. Um, and so, I guess my 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 answer, my sort of circuitous answer to that question is, I would love to direct, but I think it would have to be tonally the right kind of thing, which for me is bittersweet. Yes. Like so, I think you know. Something with some funny bones mm -hmm, is mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. I, after Rake, I was really determined that I, that was going to be my area of interest. Great, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, uh, it's interesting that you say that because I spoke to Thomas M. Wright recently who directed The Stranger, which is uh, uh, unofficially about the disappearance of uh, Daniel Morcom, mm. and he said the material was so dark. He ended up in hospital after he wrote it, uh, after he finished writing the script because it wow. took such a toll on him emotionally. So, wow. yeah, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Mm. That I mean, that's terrible, and mm. uh, and 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 um, I'm I'm sorry that happened to him, but I get it. Yeah, mm. I get it mm. because nobody bears the weight of all of the questions, all of the story component components in the same way as the director does. Yes, yeah. It's the buck stops in your heart, in mm. your soul, mm. and you have to have kind of superhuman strength, mm. Mm. and so. For me, if there's a kind of lightness, a natural lightness to the story as well, it doesn't mean it has to be sort of, you know, a rom-com or something, but if it doesn't have a lightness to it, I don't think I, I want to be there for five years of my life. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, let's end this on a, on a more uplifting note. Uh, what's the best thing about working in Western Australia? Oh, I just can't get enough of this place. I just love it. I mean... Um, uh, what, I, what I really love is I love the kind of spirit of this festival. Mm. I love the people. Mm. Like, everybody's just so helpful and fun. Yeah. And everybody's having a ball. And uh, um, there's, a, there's a sense that this grew out of nothing, mm. that, it, that it found its, itself and that it's, that it's grown into this beautiful, you know, gigantic flower of a thing. <laughs> um, but it happens to be in the most beautiful part of you know this this country like the, the beaches and the vineyards and the 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 ocean mm. um it's spectacular and this year in particular in the post-covid world there's such a sense of celebration mm. Mm. and um and also the you know the the indigenous aspect to it the first nations aspect to this to this um film festival is 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 i find that very uh very powerful yes i love that yeah. about this as well. Mm, terrific. Uh, Richard, thank you very much for joining the Cinema Australia podcast. It's been great chatting with you. Pleasure, mate. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Cinema Australia podcast. You can keep up to date with all the latest Australian film news, reviews, features and interviews at cinemaaustralia.com.au.